Hello, and welcome to Unplaytested, the podcast about RPGs that have never been played before. Because they never existed before! I'm Lara, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Alex, I use he, him pronouns. And we are going to make a game based on a ludicrous suggestion chosen at random. And... And we're not alone. Yeah, we're being joined by the one and only Ash Cheshire. Hello there. Hello. If you would like to introduce yourself with your name, and I guess I already covered your name, so just say words and your pronouns and whatever else you want to say. <laughs> it's true. My name is still Ash Cheshire for now, uh, <laughs> and my pronouns are fey, fem, or they, them. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Uh, so we have a lovely time for you today. Uh, for anyone just joining us, we are going to be improvisedly making a game out of ideas on our big list, and Ash will be helping us out with that. Uh, so, I'm gonna get my... how many sides does my die have? Uh, I believe your die has 30 sides. <laughs> my 30-sided die ready, <laughs> and we are going to roll it to see what we are playing today. All right. So as as is customary, I will roll the die, and Laura will tell me the number I've rolled on my die. Uh, let's <laughs> go for it. <laughs> All right, what I get? Whoa! Uh, looking at this die, I see the number twenty six, which is on our list. Just the phrase "dire capybara." Oh my! Dire capybara. Okay dire capybara okay got it because normally a capybara is friend-shaped right like you see them <laughs> on those those bunch of images where they're friends with the crocodiles yeah they're friends like with extremely the friend-shaped yes yeah but not um, this capybara so what is hmm. so i wonder what this is about do you remember why we came up with this i think Oh, wait, I do remember why we came up with this. Uh, I believe I put it on the list while we were appreciating the Quest RPG, and it's very good capybara art. Capybara. Except that we're very sad that the capybara was so mistreated uh, and attacked by the cruel archer uh, stealing the bread that the capybara had presumably worked so hard to bake. Uh, So... This could be this could be a revenge story about a capybara baker. It could be anything. It could be just a bunch of dire capybaras having fun. Yeah, they can be dire and still have fun. Yeah, right. Sort of a um, bit of an untitled goose game kind of vibe, uh, where the Ooh. the fun is the mayhem that the the dire capybara or um, is it capybaras? Is that the plural? And I also don't know the mass noun, so we might we might need to come up with right. that. We definitely Capybara. need a mass noun for cat for dire capybaras in particular. Capybara? Capybara? It looks like plural capybaras according to Wiktionary. Okay. Uh it seems that there isn't a given uh collective noun. Uh some people on the internet are suggesting a meditation of capybaras. Mm, I think this should be something more dire. What's the what's the dire form of meditation? Yeah, what is what is what is dire meditation? Premeditation? Oh, oh like as in of murder? <laughs> That's wordplay and I don't know if I accept that. <laughs> oh, yes, you are famously opposed to wordplay. So this premeditation of capi- of dire capybaras. Mhm. Is uh are is it sort of a like um, kind of a, a roaming the streets looking for trouble kind of game. I mean, you mentioned revenge, so there could certainly, I mean, it, it makes sense that there would be a revenge thread through this. Oh no, I'm about to want to get revenge. Some doctor of veterinary medicine who thinks they know what they're talking about is saying that that photo of a capybara in a group of caimans is photoshopped. What? Well, <gasps> guess what? Anime is real and that picture is real. And I don't care if you have a pet capybara that bit you on the leg once. That's your fault. Uh, the Yeah, that, that sounds like some anecdotes getting in the way of good data to me. Yep. And the good data is that capybaras are cute and fun, and that's the end of it. 
They're cute and fun and nice, and sometimes they kill. I, I am sorry someone got their leg bitten. It's apparently it did not hurt very bad. <laughs> oh, good. They said it was like uh, getting a chunk of flesh taken out with a spoon, which sounds like it would hurt a lot. That so sounds I don't, worse. I don't know. Yeah. Wow, if that's what the friend-shaped ones can do, imagine what our dire capybara is capable of. Yes. So what do we... The word dire, I feel like that's usually something you trace back to your D&D, where the dire is just sort of their big, and sometimes they have little spikities, I guess. Mm -hmm. But like, was that from something else? Is that one of the many, many, many things that D&D just sort of took from some other more interesting place? And then I that's where like we know it I feel like dire wolf predates it, but... Yeah. It must, right? Is, is dire wolf, like, actually Tolkien? Or, no, is that, according to Wikipedia, an extinct species of the genus Canis? That's, yeah, right? The, the, uh, the, the literal dire wolf, the big, the worse wolf. <laughs> Oof. From the Latin direus, fearful or threatening. Man, I thought dire wolf was just like a fancy term for the wargs. Okay, whatever. Yeah, interesting. So wait, was Tolkien like, yeah, they're <laughs> the prehistoric wolves? I was thinking, so here's, I'm going to take you along the path I went on, because I jumped ahead a bit. Okay. Um, oh, please do. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking about dire wolves, this extinct kind of thing. So it's, it's a, you know, an older form of the modern animal, right? And mm -hmm. I was thinking, where would be a cool place to place that? I was recently reading an article about a new, uh, like, millennial translation of Beowulf. Um, so yeah. I think that's just been in my head. Um, but the thought occurred, what if, what if the dire capybara are sort of Beowulf era? And then the revenge thing occurred to me, what if Grendel was a dire capybara? And these are the other ones kind of coming back, like, in revenge for their friend and his mom. That's amazing. Interesting. That's very good. So they'd be sort of like like the giant North American ground sloth, like megafauna. Right. So not not Beowulf literally, but a sort of yeah that epic era, the the you know the saga and megafauna period, mm. and um and that they uh you know they they had some sort of uh you know they were taking revenge against um yeah you know encroachment upon their their territory. It's kind of a um, right, right, right nature nature pushing back kind of game i put big saga energy on our uh, on our might list mm -hmm. because i really like yeah. that you have to start out the game with what's the word that people have been talking about on twitter the last couple of days that's like what or something what 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 which um <laughs> side note is translated in the uh in the millennial beowulf as bro <laughs> bro bro have we forgotten how to speak of kings i hesitate to call him a himbo but <laughs> we can't get into that discourse or it's going to be our next no. 20 minutes <laughs> you're gonna have to come guest on our beowulf fan cast <laughs> tweet at us listeners is beowulf a himbo does he fit on the six-axis, multi-dimensional you know, dimensional, uh, himbo charts that we are now using? <laughs> so one thing that I love about Beowulf, uh, having not actually read it, is the, the language. Like that really epic, poetic, sort of Edda-esque language. Yeah. Uh, because as a fairly young child, I was exposed to... Hero's Quest, also called Quest for Glory, which was the first of like the weird proto King's Quest games. Oh, sure. Did y'all ever play that on Power Absolutely. Menu? No. It was like just barely post everything is on DOS um, on my my Aunt Elizabeth's computer, and it was <laughs> a really hard game to play because you had to like type in the text for everything into a text parser, but that included like everything like. And in a game that was not really designed for that. So in the later games, you could just click on things and be like, ask about King. And there was like a list you could pick from, but then you just couldn't in the first one. And it was very, uh, you just had to guess what you did. So in that game, there was a very cool like <laughs> frost giant guy who talked in that sort of language. And it was just amazing where he was, you know, talking about like, oh, you know, forth came this person, bright his banners and, you know, da 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 da, oh, da right? Yeah. Just that. I'm like, how do you... 
Yeah, epic language. There's got to be rules for epic language, right? Do either of you know them? Can we look them up? Can we make that a part of our game that you have to use that sort of language occasionally? Because it's just so cool. I was with you right up until the word occasionally, and then I was out. No, you have to use (laughs) epic language. End statement. So here's one rule that I do know applied to a lot of the epic poetry um, is uh, the, the it's almost mandatory. Um, you weren't allowed to refer to things as what they were. Everything had to be sort of Ooh. a metaphorical euphemism. So um, some of my favorites are, um, you know, they, they don't refer to the sea. They talk about the, the whale road or the sun <gasps> is the world candle. Um, so these, these sort of, um, maybe the, you know, maybe the capybara also speak in these, these incredible, in order to communicate with humans, they communicate in this, this poetic kind of way because they know the literal words for things, but not necessarily the human word. Ooh, yes. That's amazing. Poetic epic language on the must list. It is, it is, it is in. I am, I like, I don't know if we really can force players to make everything they say whale roads and, and sky candles, but by God, there needs to be some of it. If they're not doing it, they're not playing the game right. That's so. true. I guess we can make them do whatever we, we can want. Make them do whatever we want. This is the true power of the game designer. I found a list of characteristics of epics uh, on Wikipedia. Excellent. The hero is outstanding. They might be important and historically or legendary significant. Number two, the setting is large. It covers many nations or the known world. Three, the action is made of deeds of great valor or requiring Mm -hmm. superhuman courage. Four, supernatural forces insert themselves in the action. Five, it is written in a very special style, verse as opposed to prose. Okay. Uh, Six, the poet tries to remain objective. We will not be using that one. (laughs) (laughs) I am interested in that supernatural thing, though. Yeah. And seven, epic poems are believed to be supernatural and real by the hero and the villain. I don't know what that means exactly, but okay. There's also things like extended formal speeches, use of the epic simile, and heavy use of repetition or stock phrases, which sounds great. Because I think you can't expect people to make up really good verse on the spot. Absolutely like over and over and over original stuff but if you're like no you gotta re-hit those notes you gotta like have everyone at the table repeat what you just said that's cool right and it's easy also absolutely and we can have some like built-in stock phrases for major things that these capybara these epic capybara are going to do (laughs) these epic dire capybara (laughs) i mean surely they have like a, a, a very poetic expression for biting someone on the ankle. Okay, I think we've hit upon a really excellent and unexpected theme for this silly phrase. Um, what kind of... I, 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 I'm all, I feel like I'm always the one who's bringing us to... Let's talk about the mechanical structure of what the game actually is. But what the game actually is. Like... <laughs> what it is. What, <laughs> what it is, is... I mean, I, I I like the idea that we're going on a big epic quest for revenge. I am happy to stick with that. But, like, do we have a structure? Do we have... I mean, it, it, this seems like the kind of thing where we could uh, do a GM creates a quest and the capybaras all go on it. I just had an idea, because I thought, is everyone capybaras? Mm, I don't know, maybe... Is somebody the capybara? Is this a for the queen game? And the queen is the dire capybara. And you are just answering questions about the cool stuff that the capybara does and how you relate to it and stuff. Because that could kind of be cool, I think. And in the answering of those, maybe maybe the players are um, like uh, the bards who are telling the epic poem mm-hmm, together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of of the tales of the dire capybara um clan like you know the the entire premeditation of of dire capybaras um and uh and you know uh, sort of creating their history through these these questions that they then answer Ooh. in uh maybe in a rhyme or something that's lovely yeah so it's it's got a legacy element to it uh you're suggesting right right 
it's the um it's a it's like a you know it's it's the oral tradition poem a la beowulf but it's it's about these um yeah these these wondrous and and uh awful and and mighty <laughs> dire capybaras and their and their epic journey of revenge but revenge for what ah well that is what we shall tell you I think you mean revenge for Hlat? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Do we remember how to speak of dire capybaras? Yes. So for replayability, maybe maybe the idea is that each play is each game of this is um is another verse in the the eternal epic poem of the dire capybaras that is telling a tale of one of their many acts of complete and utter revenge that they wreaked yeah. upon their unfortunate enemies. Every single person who ever plays this game is canon. Every game actually <laughs> is a true story of the one true group. Every game is canon. Absolutely. It is both it is both supernatural and real and believed to be so. This epic poem fits that that requirement of it is it is both magical and real. Yeah, that's very good. This is very, very good. How do we play? <laughs> I like the idea of it being of, of it being uh, prompts or questions okay. and then, you know, each person's response becomes, you know, a piece of, of the story. And so uh, collectively, they're kind of writing writing that narrative, maybe couplet by couplet, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder: is there, uh, you know, sitting around a table playing for the Queen by Alex Roberts? Amazing game! It's by Alex Roberts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which, if you haven't heard of it, it's an absolutely amazing game. Um, it's it's very simple to pick up. The art's great. Go get it. You will not regret it at all. Um, Agreed. So in that game, it can be sometimes just slightly daunting that you'll get a question and you'll want to like come up with a really good answer and you'll be sort of sitting there at the table going, oh, I think I'm taking too long. And it has lovely built-in rules for, you know, passing your card to someone right. else. Right, I'd, I'd like thing. to see how you would answer this. Yeah, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're going to make people actually write poetry or verse at the table, which we are... <laughs> I could see a merit to uh, saying, hey, this is a game that you play asynchronously and you're all like uploading your verses to a central repository or something, right? You don't necessarily play it all sitting around a Zoom call or a table. Maybe you there's a, a very slightly epistolary nature to it where mm-hmm. you're writing things down and then sharing them. I think that could be kind of cool. Yeah, an explicitly play-by-post game. And, like, you could have a hard mode where you're like, yeah, sure, I'll just declare some verse on the spot. Like, we can't stop you from doing that if you're a scald. If you're you're a group of theater kids looking for something to do at your cast party, we're not going to stop you. (laughs) I mean, what? What? (laughs) Wouldn't know anything about that. I am I am absolutely theater trash. Uh, what has become of those theater kids? Oh, they've started tabletop role playing podcasts. Well, good for oh, them. oh, we sure have. How dare they? Except for the ones that are still doing theater, and you're like, you want to play a role playing game, and they're like, I'm sorry, I have tech, and you're like, but <laughs> oh. this is like the thing you do, but it doesn't. You don't have to spend eighteen hours a day on it. No, oh, well, it's, good. it's okay. It's okay. But where's the sweet applause, Alex? The sweet applause. But who are the capybaras going to get their sweet revenge on if not humans? Mm. We all know humans are meh, right? <laughs> I mean, they're they're gonna be ransacking meat halls, don't you worry? But Absolutely. the humans just aren't ca- they they don't matter. They're not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess like this is a good place to talk about. Is there going to be violence? Is there going to be challenge is there going to be randomization of whether the capybaras succeed or fail is there the assumption that they are dire capybaras they win at the tasks they attempt to do i mean they could also have you know if it's if it's up to each individual poet what goes down in response to the question they could say oh this is the one where 
my capybara tries to tell a really great joke and it totally falls flat and they get laughed out of the mead hall, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's no, like, external force. This is where my dire capybara attempts to tell a joke and rolls a die. Oh, gets laughed out of the mead hall. Ah, beans. It's possible, it's possible. But, you know, you don't roll dice in For the Queen and it works pretty good. I've actually never played For the Queen, so... Oh, it's... Well, it's very... I hear it's very good. (laughs) So it is... uh, It's a a deck of cards with a series of open-ended questions. And Mm -hmm, players mm -hmm. take turns answering the open-ended questions. Um, I had a thought before that was kind of tying into this. Well, so if you have... If you have a light mechanic that could at least give you some idea about... um, you know, uh, whether it sort of went the way they wanted it to or added a further complication, uh, that could be, Mm -hmm. that could be a nice little bit of scaffolding for players who might, might not know quite how to, uh, you know, build, build the next step purely through collaborative storytelling. Um, right. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, have, have either of you played a penny from my thoughts by Paul Tevis? I have not. Oh my God, I never have. I've heard about it so many times and, People always talk about it in kind of a, a lightly traumatized way, I feel like. Oh, um, that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy running it for people. But it's, um, it's again, it's, it's a game that's a very lightly structured collaborative storytelling game. Hmm. And so uh, there are some mechanics around how to ask for assistance from other players um, using a penny mechanic in that case. Um, but asking, you know, effectively two other players, did I what did I do next? And they give you an answer. Oh, or was it? And then you get a different answer from someone else. And then you get to decide as the, as the player whose active role it is or whose active turn it is rather, um, which of those things, Oh yes, I remember now. And you get to choose between them. Um, But it's a way Mm. to involve other people in. So maybe that's a, a mechanic that could be built in of, you know, when you get your question, you don't necessarily have to hand the whole thing over to the other person. Cause you might have, you know, I know when I've played it, I've had, um, a piece of an idea playing for the queen. Um, you know, I have a card that I want to answer and I don't want to just hand it off completely to another player, but I do want a little bit of help building my answer. I've tended towards just asking for that. Cause I'm a very, uh, <laughs> stage trained actor. I'm just like, uh-huh. Hey, uh, anybody else got any ideas about what to do about hmm. that? I like, I, I, I forget that you're not supposed to do that sometimes, um, at role playing tables. So it's um, the best idea. But I think there is there is a lot of value in building in mechanics to encourage that. Um, so mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. might be a way to to deal with that, and and then to weave in the mechanic of whether it goes well or poorly. Maybe that's the maybe there's some element of that where one of them has to give you the uh, the way that it it turns into another obstacle, and the other one gives you the way that it succeeds, and then presents you with uh, an opportunity or something. I actually like that a lot. I think that's very yeah. interesting. Especially with the asynchronous nature of it, you could say, all right, you and you, you know, decide among yourselves who gives me the good outcome and the bad outcome. Mm-hmm. I'll do the first half of this rhyming couplet. You each do a different second half for it. Ooh, that is fantastic. Ooh, I am jotting this down. Get a prompt. You do the first half of a rhyming couplet. You ask two other players for the second half. One will be positive. One will be negative. Yeah. Or one will be victorious and one will be complicated. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's a good distinction. But, you know, maybe they they uncover uh, a mystery that they then have to solve or who knows what, right? While we're, uh, while we're thinking of the moat list and i think this is something that came up last week as well alex uh is there going to be judging of the quality of other people's poetry that is a question i yeah because i was like i love this idea of offering up different verses and then having someone pick here's the one that happens it would feel a little sad if someone didn't pick your thing but also you're not going to know why they didn't pick it because mm-hmm. they might not pick it because they're like "Ooh, that's actually only kind of a slant rhyme your rhyme really wasn't as good uh or they might not pick it because they just don't want that thing to happen in the story mm-hmm. and i kind of like that ambiguity because then you won't really know to get your feelings hurt about it 
uh, even if, like me, you are the sort of person who gets your feelings hurt by even the tiniest act of rejection. High fives. Should there be some sort of in-game reward for not being selected? Like, while you were saying that, it occurred to me, what if, if you aren't selected, uh, you get an extra prompt, and then you have a pick of prompts uh, your next go-around? So something small. Mm-hmm. That's fun, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Some sort of a little benefit when you don't get picked. That's cool. That's smart. That's game design. That's me, baby. That's some real game design right there. Speaking of game design, I feel like we've been game designing for just a hair under a half an hour now. You think it's about time to uh, take a little break? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Gotta, gotta, gotta make that money for our sponsors, right? <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay. Who's sponsoring us this week? Now we are over to our wonderful sponsor for this episode. Take it away, Ash. Hi. Um. Thank you. Uh. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you <laughs> briefly about this great game. Um. That I know about. That I happened to write. Uh. It is called Ships That Pass. And um. I think uh. If you're if you're into this sort of thing, I think you would also enjoy that. It is a two-player game. Um. It's a bit of a dating sim. Uh. About um sentient spaceships and uh they develop yes. crushes on each other and um and it's about their pilots and uh and their allyship with their non-organic crew members and their desire to help them be um whoever they are turning out to be uh and fighting against a mysterious um uh, bureaucratic capitalist organization known only as the man yo so um good times to be had uh you can find it at uh ashcangames.itch.io slash ships that pass uh remember ash can games and so can you (laughs) (laughs) that was so good good I'm uh, I'm looking at our list and I'm noticing the every game is canon. I have to say, if we set up uh, on on you know the itch.io page for this or somewhere like a repository for all of the stories of all the dire capybaras, that when you finish your game, you can upload it to there and have it be part of this grand saga. That's good, right? That is very good. The never yeah the never ending capybara story. I was with you right up until the word can, but actually you must upload it. It is part of the rules. (laughs) Must. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't do that, you might as well be playing D&D. You must upload your poems. It's going on the must list. Yes. Is there is there a bit of a supernatural element where um, where this poem is being somehow kind of retrieved from a uh like a you know a, another another realm or something like maybe it it you know th- there's a there's a an importance of uploading it because the the full poem has to be restored for some reason oh yeah Ooh, okay so this is like diegetic <laughs> yes diegetic <That's>... in fact <laughs> <laughs> I really, there's something really cute to me about the idea that there's an in-universe meta layer that we are actually doing a distributed translation exercise, and you aren't asking two other players for a suggestion of what happens. You are reading mm-hmm. two different translations of the oh, same core yes. text. Yes, I really like this translation angle. Yes, 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 absolutely. Because... To actually understand this epic, you need to read it in the original Capybara. <laughs> well, we say read. It's it's really more of you have to smell it in the original Capybara. <laughs> okay, so these are yeah, these are poets who have um who are are translating a section of the poem. That's extremely good. I love that setup. 
So the prompts, so the prompts are maybe things that would sort of, uh, that would tell, um, uh, an epic narrative arc, uh, right. The cards are perhaps kind of, um, uh, asking questions along the lines of, you know, what was, um, what was, uh, one of the epic challenges that, that was laid in the path of our heroes in the course of achieving this great, uh, revenge against, you know, whatever they've kind of decided this current one is about. Mm-hmm. Do the, do the players, um, do they set the, uh, the general story ahead of time or is it all told through these questions? Is there any world building done collaboratively ahead of time? I do like collaborative world building. I do love collaborative world building. I hate collaborative world building. <laughs> I want it to burn. So no collaborative world building then. <laughs> Just dive right into telling your chunk of the story. I, I don't know. I... If y'all want collaborative world building, you are welcome to uh, to to outvote me. I do kind of like the idea that you really do you do just dive in, no training wheels, just whats, just what. I kind of I kind of like the idea also of uh, of having some of the cards. I think some of the cards could do you a service by giving you some example text, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you drew a card and it said, like, okay, now I'm having to come up with random verse on the spot. But uh, I was also thinking that you could you could make it have a little world building in it where you would uh, have words in the cards that are not uh, in English so that you would have to figure out what was going on with them. Uh-huh. Where you would say, uh, uh, you know, forth came Harold, heavy his hoorang, saw he a capybara, and da 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 da, right? And people would be like, well, what the heck is a hoorang? That's not, that's not anything. Know, but but then you'd be like, well, let's, let's try and figure it out. That's, that's interesting. I really like that. I was having a thought on a slightly similar vein that what if every card contained on it an example of an you know an epic uh poetry sort of terminology like every card on it suggested the whale sea or whatever it was the whale road <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, or a a distinct one for every card and that became like an element of the prompt but i i i am even more in favor of it just is a nonsense word or a term and you have to Maybe that is the, like, collaborative discussion, is you do a collaborative, like, well, let's translate what this word means. What we think this word means in mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. capybara, we translate, and then from there on, our lead translator can do the first verse and then pull in translations for the second. Right. Uh-huh. I like that. And maybe there's a there's an element of if you're the lead translator, you can contribute as many lines as you want and then give the first half of a rhyming couplet. Because I feel like if you're like, okay, I'm really digging this one, I'm gonna go for like three lines of, you know, my verse, and then I'm gonna throw on the first half of a couplet and then someone can do the other half. Or if you just wanna go, uh, I'll just do the first half and have someone else do the second half, that could be a little easier. Does that mm-hmm. sound like anything? I think that makes sense. That does. That's very nice. It also, it makes sense with the kind of, um, you know, the, the oral storytelling aspect where some storytellers weave in a whole bunch of, you know, oh, and this next part is really cool because, see, it has this reference to this other poem and blah, blah, blah. And we know that uh, right before this, they were at, you know, the palace, which means that they had already talked to the princess. Uh, that's going to play. Okay. So, but then upon a wine dark <laughs> sea with blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of launch into the actual poem part, whereas other, you know, others might just be like, Let's get to the let's get to the verses, shall we? That's what you're yes. here for. I really love the idea of uh, you could have like I'm gonna contribute my poem, and it's gonna be in this specific 
font or whatever, it's going to be like big text. And then I can have like marginalia mm-hmm. around it where I'm like, not sure if I'm interpreting this right. Maybe it's some sort of ceremonial goblet. <laughs> <laughs> It was either ceremonial or a toy. That's pretty much all we know. (laughs) Burn on the entire field of anthropology. Hmm. You don't know what anything is. I I love you anthropologists. Y'all are wonderful. I was was raised by y'all. You're you're great. And it is all done with love. Doing their best. Probably a religious (laughs) object. Are these verses going to be strictly chronological, or can we jump around microscope style? I was just thinking about the same thing. I think building building a microscope style arc and then sort of deciding where an event goes as you're building that piece of it is is a very good adaptation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially because that is going to be extremely cool with having words you don't know the definition of, because someone else can go, <laughs> holy crud, you guys, a hoorang is a boat. That in this earlier verse, this verse, we thought it was at the end. This is actually the second verse. They're using the hoorang to go across the whale road. The whale road is the ocean. It all makes sense. Nice. Oh, man. Yes, that's very good. <laughs> so maybe maybe there are some uh, some words that, that need to get kind of carried through. You still use the word the way that you think you understand it, one of the rules is to use as many of the capybara words as you can mm-hmm. as you're as you're learning them. Even if you don't know what it fully means, it's important to use the metaphors as you understand them. Just throw them in there. Yeah. Just throw them in there. It'll be fine. I'm imagining this would be a very uh, a very fun, uh, especially if you're doing the play, you know, play by post asynchronous, that it's, uh, say, a shared edited document. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you could very quickly search through it. And then the the outline would help you decide, OK, so where in our outline does this next event go? Just add a new, you know, a new header or whatever. And then the marginalia would be comments instead of the main text. The main text is the translation in progress. And the comments on the text are the marginalia of the translators negotiating that together. So this is a game that is designed to be played on, like, Google Docs. Basically, I think it might be. (laughs) That rules, actually. That super rules. (laughs) I wonder how we're going to do our live play next week, but carefully we're gonna do it carefully we're gonna do it everyone will record two minute (laughs) snippets of themselves over the course of three months oh man get a time machine i'm glad we're recording this episode two months ahead of schedule so okay so what if what if there is some kind of um you know that's the asynchronous play-by-post version Mm-hmm. And then there's a slightly more fast-paced uh, verbal version that is sort of uh, the recitation of the poem as best you remember it. And it's sort of answering the questions a little bit more quickly with a little bit of collaboration. Like maybe there's there's the uh, the extrovert edition of this game. Yeah, yeah, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think we can set this up so that it'll work either way. I think it's always going to be... <laughs> A game in which, even if you're doing it live with friends, a lot of time is going to be spent going... Uh, what? I, uh, mm. Now, what about... rhymes with hoorang? hoorang. <laughs> Orangutan? Is hoorang the name of this game? <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, no, I see where you're... Yeah, okay, Ash. Okay, okay. So it needs to be something like, Wait, a hoorang! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's gonna be the working title. You think that's gonna be improved on, bold of you. What? A hoorang? What? 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 Yeah, that's probably not gonna be improved on. But it is very good. I could definitely see uh, sort of a, a by the author of Lady Windermere's fan <laughs> style there is a game. explanation. Uh, we also have the author of by the author of Lady Windermere's fan with us here today. It's Lara. 
in that game, you are a bunch of uh, actors who have just realized that they forgot to rehearse for a play with about 10 minutes <laughs> left before the play starts. Uh, so we could say, if you're doing the live uh, extrovert version, you are a team of academics who have been assigned to translate this document and then give a speech on it before the assembled faculty or your peers or whatever. Ooh. Oh, no. Uh, and then you realize that you have forgotten to actually translate it from the capybarish and you have to uh, just do it live. Oh, no, this is quite good. Okay, so then each player writes down um, maybe a a section of the original, like, or just one word. They write down one capybara word. Each player writes down one word. And this is then mm-hmm. passed to a player in one direction or the other. And that is now your segment. You received this. And you are, that's that's the part of the translation that you as a, a researcher were supposed to have prepared for today. Yes. Oh. oh no would that be more like you're supposed to know all about verse 12 or you're supposed to know all about hoorangs or like either so maybe or? then you can still use the cards and pull a prompt um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so then your task is to answer the question on the prompt about the word and and very specifically tied to ah oh, yes okay so uh you know the the card that i got was um you know two foes in uh, in uh, dynamic struggle. Okay, and and my word is hoorang. Um, excellent. Um, yes, uh, the the capybara concept of hoorang applies very directly to um, foes engaged in dynamic struggle because you see, uh, to the capybara, the the body was the boat um, that that carries the capybara's dire epic spirit uh, across the whale road of of the world and and of time. Um, and so to be in dynamic struggle was to be boat against boat, right? In the, in the sea of time, uh, it is, it is a moment of contact. Um, so, uh, I, I defer to my, my esteemed colleague. Uh, thank you. Um, etc. You're going to be really yeah. good at this game. You are too good. <laughs> You're not invited to play this. You will win. <laughs> but we all win because we're all helping translate the epic poem of the dire capybaras and bring it back mm-hmm. because when the poem when the infinite poem is completed something happens that's when they the dire capybaras come back world. yeah <laughs> that's what brings them back and once the dire capybaras are back that fixes a lot <laughs> everything will be better mm-hmm <laughs> We've all been waiting for the thing that will make everything better. Turns out it's capybaras. Dire. Capybaras, comma, dire. They will fill the friend-shaped hole in the world. The friend-shaped hole that has tusk-shaped holes. (laughs) There is a friend-shaped hole at the center of everything. That that could be a canon line. We should write that one down. <laughs> That's not a bad title also. What? <laughs> there is a friend-shaped hole at the center of everything. It's one of the best game names I think I've ever heard. All right. Uh... That's the new title. <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's think about the things that we still need to come up with. We need to come up with, like, a big old list of prompts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, good luck, future us. That's going to be uh, hard. That'll be fun. It'll, It'll be really good. And how, how specific do we want these prompts to be? I really like foes locked in dynamic struggle as being this very broad, powerful image. Is that sort of where we want them to be? So one thing we could do is have them non-standardized. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot like, of sense. You're translating a text. It's ancient. Parts of it are lost. Parts of it are like obscured by, you know, half of this word is missing. I could definitely see uh, some of the cards having, we could figure out how to do a nice sort of like weathered over effect in, Ooh, in yeah. some sort of graphical program. Uh, 
so that you'd say, oh, well, there used to be like three lines of introductory verse here, and they're just gone uh, for the times when we can't think it up. And for the times when we can, you can say, ah, yes, foes locked in combat. Well, that's all about, you know, da 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 and then where do we go from there, right? I like that. I, That's exquisite. I like that some of them can be very broad, powerful images. Some can be like, this is a very specific moment. This is the Dire Cappies <laughs> are once again in the foyer of King Harold. For sure. <laughs> yep, that was it, yeah. And some of them can just be like, planes. I really like the idea of, of some of them even being partial words with like a burn mark or something. Um, which, again, is a very nice uh, hat tip to Beowulf, um, which I found out reading Ooh. this article about the translation. The only the only existing written copy of Beowulf was thrown out the window of a building that was on fire. And <laughs> the manuscript actually caught on fire. And so what we currently have is not even the complete... Uh, writing down of a single, you know, one of the one of the oral tradition bards was like, I should probably write this down, right? And that's the one copy we have. And then that one copy lit on fire. So oh anyway, goodness. yes, um, yeah, that would be a wonderful little, again, a nice little uh, hat tip to epic poetry and uh, and the just a reminder of the importance of why this translation is so necessary. So very, yep. very yep. necessary. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I like that uh, the things that we've come up with to make our life easier as game designers have such a, like, deep resonance <laughs> with <laughs> this actual, like, ooh, good. Oh, that's going to be easy to do. <laughs> and You mean I don't even have to come up with full words anymore? I can write half oh, a word all day. So yeah. atmospheric. Just says whore something. Might have been Rang. <laughs> Could be Rang. Could be Rang. Could be Hurat. <sighs> well, this really went places from the phrase Dire Cafabara, didn't it? It really did. <laughs> but that's good. What's the benefit when you don't get picked? Is it that you get to draw two and pick one? Because mm, that seems pretty sick. That's pretty sick, yeah. That is, that is pretty sick. Because it sounds like some of these cards are going to be harder to use than others. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if 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 if, uh, if someone doesn't pick your thing, you take a card off the deck and put it face down in front of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then you can sort of accumulate a little pile of cards uh, according to how many times you didn't get picked. So you mm -hmm. might even have like three. And then you will be able to look at four cards with the one you drew plus your three that you had in front of you and pick from between all of those. Hmm. That's a pretty nice benefit, right? That, that is, is a pretty, pretty sweet. nice benefit. It would give people uh, also a sort of nice visual way to go, hmm, no one's picked Danny's idea That is a really good point. Turns. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a compassionate way to keep track of... Maybe we should stop being friends with him. <laughs> I was about to say it's such a nice compassionate way of making sure the table is balanced but you know what i like your i like your answer it's better. a way it's to true. destroy the clearly week. What were you, what were danny you is just he is not showing up for the dire capybaras right now <laughs> come on danny far be it from me to tack a scoring system onto our game at the 11th hour but what if you get <laughs> bonus points <laughs> If instead of picking one of these, you pick two and you do a verse that incorporates both of the prompts. Or three, and you pick a verse that incorporates all of the prompts. Ooh. Maybe it's uh like um Yeah, epic epic bard points or something. I see where you're coming from, but also you could just do that and then not get points for it, and then you'd get to feel <laughs> clever, which is the best points of all. So cleverness points are going in the game? CPs, yeah. CPs. 
Yeah. Okay, good. You award them to yourself every time you feel that you've done something <laughs> every time clever. You think you've been really clever. Get as many as you want. You go, yeah, guess what? I figured out that who rangs are boats. I get 10 CP. That's some 10 CPs for me. Since we're all academics here, they're citation points. These are the number of oh, times you've man. been cited. Ooh. Oh, it's That's the number really of times good. that other researchers have cited your work. Mm hmm. It's like fan mail, but you award it to yourself, and it it really doesn't mean much, but it makes you feel better. I really like awarding it to yourself. (laughs) I'm back on board for a point system now. Fan mail based on the number of times you assume your work is going to be cited by other researchers. (laughs) You just blew the... Railroad means ocean case wide open. <laughs> you moved verse open. 24 to verse 2 because you realized it was there. Like, yeah, people are going to cite the heck out of that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I know we're in the last final minutes, but maybe maybe an advanced version, maybe version 2 of the game, you can actually spend CPs to rearrange the timeline in some way, to move move an event somewhere else, because... You're you're a really well-cited researcher now. You know what you're talking about. Nice. Can you spend enough CPs to just define a word however you see fit? Mm. 10 CPs, it means horse. <laughs> Who rang his horse? And and that and then that just sort of seals it. There's no more debate on it. No more debate. Actually, I don't know if I want the debate to be gone. Debate is good. Debate's good. <laughs> also, it's a boat, not a horse. <laughs> Especially because I, I feel like you will like naturally have that, that wonderful moment you get in Microscope where you go, hold up, this hangs together. Hold up, we found a puzzle piece that makes this work, right? Yeah. That's such a yeah. satisfying part of that game. Yeah, it is. Anything else in our last 30 seconds? Uh, tumbling block tower. No, you fool. <laughs> um, you got it in under the wire. Got it in under the wire. No, I think I, I'm very excited about this one. I, I'm excited about all of them, but I'm very excited about this one. Yeah. Didn't know where we were going to go with Dire Capybara at all. 100%. Really for this. Not what I assumed. I thought it was going to be like Capybara's causing mischief. Roll to pull off the king's pants, but no. Yeah, this ain't your honey heist. <laughs> no, this is wet. There is a friend-shaped hole in the center of everything. <laughs> oh, we got a game, we got a mechanic, we got a title. We got resolution, we got scene structure, we got a game, babies! We got a game! Thank you, Ash, it was so lovely oh having you Oh my gosh, all. thank you for having me, this was amazing. So, uh, yeah... Viewers, listeners, you should uh, come back to our Twitch next week, and we'll probably be playing this. Oh, wait, we have all outro text, don't we? I should find that. This has been Unplaytested. <laughs> you can find us at unplaytested.com, where you can submit ludic- ludicrous ideas for the big list, or follow us on Twitter at, at Unplaytested. If you want to see the games we make here played, they should go should go up at twitch.tv slash unplaytested. Try to get gameplay to go up the week after the episode drops, but check the schedule there. Or get the games yourself at unplaystested.itch.io. If you actually play one of these things, we'd love to hear about it. Unplaytested is made possible by the support of our patrons. Join the Unplaytreon at patreon.com slash unplaytested. Unplaytreons get early access to the episodes and free copies of all the games we make. Thanks to Abducted by Sharks for our music, Bring Forth My Armor. I'm Alex. And I'm Lara, and with us is... God, Ash Cheshire? <laughs> oh, and thanks, of course, to Ash Cheshire for joining us. And remember, time is an illusion, and so is death. And that's, and that's that. Oh, oh, crumbs. <laughs>